0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Shades and Layers with me, Gudonis Kosano Ritchie. I'm super excited to share with you the story of Alicia Goodwin, founder of the jewelry brand Lingua Nigra, which you can find on Etsy. It was a fantastic sit down. We talked about all sorts of things career trajectory, name of her brand, what inspires her. We also got into the George Floyd murder and how that uh, resulting spotlight on uh, black owned brands played out for her own business since 2020. Um, We talked about her origins in Chicago, where she started making jewellery as a child, to her days in New York City after graduating from the Fashion Institute of Technology. And um, she now has her own shop, her own e-shop, and she distributes her jewellery to stockists throughout the USA, as well as uh, to local and international clients. Before we start the conversation, I have to apologize for some of the background noise during the first three minutes, and this was due to some unexpected maintenance work. But nevertheless, let's get into it. Alicia starts by describing the work that she does and what inspires her.
1: So, I'm a jeweler, I make jewelry um, under the brand Lingua Nigra, and um, I create um, wearable sculptures. Um, Sometimes I like to call them like metal collages. Uh, And I work with a lot of different textures. Uh, like uh, reticulation, which is a separation of the metals or um, acid etching. And how I approach those two things is kind of, it's very random, super organic. I kind of let the the work do what it wants to do. And then I I see what I can make out of that work. I I mean, I'm inspired by a lot of things, nature, mostly because it's so unpredictable, beautiful patterns and just all these things. And there's just so much alive around us that we aren't even, you know, we aren't the only ones in the universe. And I think we always fail to to realize that just even like the smallest things. So I just love doing walks and and parks and botanical gardens and getting inspiration from that. And just seeing how um, design and and form and function just really all flow together. When I teach, I tell people that, you know, it can be one or two shapes and you can make something so dynamic. Like I I love looking at really uh, bejeweled pieces too, but... Hmm. You know, my head hurts sometimes looking at these things. So, um, uh, it's <laughs> so just nice. simpler. So, yeah, yeah, and it's not even. Sometimes it's really complex, but it, you know, it just has one thing repeating over and over. So, I really get inspired right. by that, mm-hmm. and then I get inspired. I'm mean, very inspired by um, uh, Victorian morning jewelry um, because uh, what's morning a lot jewelry? Of it, uh, it's uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of cultures have morning uh, jewelry. Um, to honor the deceased, but um, it became really popular after um, Queen Victoria in Great Britain, her husband, Mm -hmm. uh, Prince Albert passed away and she um, told everyone in Great Britain to go into a state of mourning for at least a year. And she was in mourning until she died. Um, and that meant wearing and in Great Britain. It meant wearing all black, and then everybody else kind of picked up on it. And also in the United States, people were all black because it was during the Civil War um, and a little bit after. But the jewelry that came from it was um, either jewelry made from ebony or this new kind of plastic that came out, which is black. It wasn't really plastic, but um, and um, also jewelry made from hair. And there was oh, wow. also, there was okay. yeah, it's really beautiful. It's it's just hair. It's not just hair, but um, and it was treated in a way that if you boiled it, if you did a few things to it, it would become elasticized. Mm-hmm. So people have, like, watch fobs made of hair, um, pendants with the hair in it. But you wouldn't know. It just looks like rope until you look really close. And you're like, oh, that's somebody's hair. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just one of those things, like, things aren't what they seem. Um, and I just really love that. And, I mean, you see that in nature all the time. I mean, I love beetles and minding their own Beatles? business. Interesting. Yeah, beetles. Yeah,
0: <laughs> what draws so, you to those creatures?
1: They're just they're just gorgeous, and there there are millions of them. We don't mm. even know how many beetles there are in the in the world. Mm. So yeah, that's what kind of you know what, what what I draw inspiration from, and what you can kind of see. And so, I mean, there are people who like directly copy. I try to be a little bit more abstract about it, since my work really is organic. Yeah, mm. that's that's mm. that's it in a nutshell.
0: Great. How did you come to be a jeweler?
1: I started reeling. I mean, I snuck. I told you before. I stuck. I snuck into my old, my alma mater, FIT. Mm-hmm. Um, So that helped a lot. Um, I know a lot of people don't have that option, but if you do, sneak into your old college and use the resources because you're still paying for it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then uh, when I had roommates, uh, the ch- the cheapest I got, well, the least expensive route into jewelry, if you want to make it, is um, wax carving and that's literally carving with at the, the these days is jewelers wax back in the day it would be beeswax mm-hmm. um and then just handing it to somebody to cast it in whatever metal you want oh, right. um because okay. wax carving you can start with dental surgical tools mm. if you want to they're very cheap you can start with the scalpel that's what i started with um a lot of dental dentistry and jewelry are like first cousins mm. um we we use the same we use the exact same tools for everything um, <laughs> so the drill the drill that you use that that's used in your mouth is used in jewelry
0: always yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah you know,
1: we, we just use bigger burrs, but the it's the same dental the same dental burrs mm. that are like digging out the teeth for cavities and stuff um are the same so that being said um I got a a soldering iron from Radio Shack (laughs) because for wax, you need to sometimes melt it and um, you would get a wax pen and it's just a hot, a pen that, um, I have an accent, sorry. So P-E-N and P-I-N are the same, Um, (laughs) but um, get a wax pen and you um, you can it usually has a dial that goes from like not that hot to really hot and it has different attachments like scoops and stuff and you can change that and and really um, uh, change up the way you create in the wax uh, just it just goes by a little bit faster mm-hmm. but it's exp- at the time at the when I, I mean I was s- so. So didn't have that much money, <laughs> but um, uh, so I instead of getting that and spending a hundred, I um, got a soldering iron from Radio Shack. Okay. Um, and I still I don't I still have that one, um, but I have another one. I have a real wax pen, and when I travel, I take a wood burner, mm-hmm. which is a step up from a soldering iron because it has a um, it, it has a adjustable dial on the heat all that stuff. Um, and that was like $10. Mm. Uh, so you get that, you just get a little bench pin, which is like $10. And that's kind of how I started. Yeah. And then when you make more money, you can get better quality tools. Cause that flex shaft was definitely $50. Uh, <laughs> I do not recommend getting a cheap flex shaft, Yeah, but yeah. you know, it may, I may do. And then, um, yeah, once I got once I started to, you know, earn a little bit more money just from my full time job and I I think at the time that time I was working Full time, and I was working part time, and then working on my own work. I was working uh, full time Monday through Friday at the Angel, then I was working part time at American Apparel, and I would get customers that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, people would see mm-hmm. my jewelry, and then um, after work, <laughs> yeah, you'd make it. For <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I'd make busy. it for them. Yeah, <laughs> I was really busy. I was very hungry. I was super yeah. hungry. Yeah. Um. So, what do your yeah. days look like today? Oh, good! Oh, I, they're whatever I want them to be. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's good. It's good. I mean, it's still it's it's very much a hustle I can wake up at the crack of dawn but I won't get any work done until 10pm that's just how it is like I'll answer mm-hmm. a few yeah I just I just don't work during the like I'm not as productive you know I'll try to rush like yesterday I did go to the post office um, I packed a few orders my shop was closed for a few weeks because mm-hmm. I was out of town mm-hmm. but I packed a few orders and, and went out and because I had to pick up orders from the post office so um, but yeah usually I'll start I'll start the day at like 11 and then 10, 10, 10 10, eleven, answer emails, um, pack orders, try to do a little bit of organizing, soldering, doing some production stuff, and then try to do some development, um, which entails like making new pieces or it it, it really it's it's different from day to day. And mm-hmm. then I just I, I do run a lot of errands out and um then I try to I try to have a, a walking buddy. I'll take a break and like walk for a few hours outside. Um just to get some kind of exercise, so because so, it's so different, I don't really have to go anywhere. I mean, I worked, I worked mm-hmm. in my in, in my home when I was in New York too, but it was just very different. Like I, I, I had to, I didn't have a car, so I had to walk everywhere, right? Um, and the culture is just a little bit different than in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so yeah, your studio yeah. is right at home. Yeah, my studio is in my dining room.
0: Oh wow! Yeah,
1: yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know, and
0: and do you work alone or you have a team? You know, apart from the suppliers you use.
1: Um, I have a very small team. It's it's a remote team. I have um, a part time production assistant um, who really helps me with just doing all the things I didn't. I don't want to do anymore. Which <laughs> is just like. Sure. Cutting chain, (laughs) adding, yeah, I mean, but it's, it's, it's like the most important work, cutting Mm -hmm. the chain, adding uh, jump rings to the chain, adding those to another part. It's, it's a lot, it's very tedious. And I don't believe I used to do that all the time, but Mm -hmm. I would like get my hair braided and bring the chain with me and cut, you know, thousands of pieces or right. bring beetle wings with me and pierce each beetle wing. And now I can get her to do that. And it's really been great. Mm. Um, and then I have um, a customer service representative and she is in Brooklyn and we've worked together and we, we bounce ideas off each other. She's more than that, but she'll, she answers all my emails, mm-hmm. um, my customer service requests. Um, she uh, handles returns and exchanges, mm-hmm. um, answers just all these random questions that I'm just like, just, just just you know just go just tell them something because i'm not interested um and then i have one other person helping me when i had a, a larger project that that fell through but um that was last year it's a tiny team but yeah it's 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 worked well so far
0: You're listening to Shades and Layers, and my guest today is Alicia Goodwin, founder and owner of the handmade jewellery brand Lingua Nigra. Up next, we get into the issues and trends within her industry, starting with the spotlight that fell on black-owned businesses after the disturbing video footage of George Floyd's murder and various incidents that have forced the USA into the beginnings of an era of uh, racial reckoning. But first, let's start with the increasing interest... In the handmade goods market and uh, sustainable or slow design. Just uh, on on a related note, you know, this uh, uh, making uh, industry, I feel like there's a return to craft. Uh, or a renewed interest in uh, craft and uh, handmade and slow design. Is my perception wrong or did something happen?
1: Um, No, your perception isn't wrong. I think think it's always been there. It's more people are appreciating it, I think, Uh, uh, like a spotlight turned on. I don't think people realize it. Maybe last year showed um, how many people make things or people were just getting involved in making things for themselves and they realize how hard stuff is. (laughs) (laughs) that that might have been it or you know the process of of um just how difficult it is sometimes to just make the most the simplest thing and and the the equation of labor and time (laughs) Mm. um and worth. I think I think that came to the forefront a little bit but yeah it's it's appreciated I mean it's hard because there are a lot of people who are spot spotlighted, spotlight mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who, <laughs> sure. who, who have a huge team, you know, and, and it's more, they're more of a designer and it's no shade, it's just that they're designers, they're not makers, like if mm-hmm. they have to make mm-hmm. it, they wouldn't know how to um, and I don't think people know they still don't know the difference between that because I've definitely had to inform a lot of my friends, like, oh, look at this person. Oh, sh- you know, she's a jeweler, and then i'll I'll point out in their picture like they don't have a torch. They don't have any <laughs> equipment on their table. It's just stones. It's just beads. It's just the mm, photo op. Mm. you know, like you've never seen them make anything in any any of the videos or anything. Um, so that's been. Very interesting so it's still about educating the consumer but people are realizing like oh this person is a maker this is handmade Mm -hmm. but on the flip side people want things 100% made by you like I've posted something about stone setting which I can set stones. I can't set like a print. Well, now I can do a princess cut or all these different stones. And you know, somebody said oh, I can't wait till you really get this the stones together because I want something by you. I was like, I can make it now. I have a stone setter. Right. They're like, no, I'll be, I'll be patient. I'll just wait for it by you. I was like, it's gonna cost more. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Like I still, I, it's like I've, I've made engagement and wedding fans but mm. like, you can see that on my feed. It's just, I don't, I actually don't have time. It's just cheaper and it just makes more sense to give it to somebody who's really fast at it, you right. know, than right. we stress out and, and break a stone. So, yeah, that's, that's been, you know, people really want that 1 million percent, like, this is done. But they they want to think they know that it's done 100% by you. Right. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, the spotlight also fell on makers and particularly Black-owned businesses and Black makers um, because of uh, George Floyd. You know, how did you ride the wave? And where are we now compared to maybe last year when um, at the height of it all?
1: Last year was bananas. Um, yeah, after George Floyd was murdered, um, all these people just started spot- spot, like highlighting the thousands of black makers and creatives out there. And I just got so many followers within um a week or, and change of the, which is I mean, there's so many things that go to show you the like the algorithm is racist, you know, all these different mm-hmm. things that people mm-hmm. brought up because it took me so long to get the amount of followers. I think I got uh, like 9,000 followers within a week. What? Um, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was really crazy. And that took, I mean, I had nine, I had almost 10,000 followers. And I was, I, in my mind, I was like, oh, by the end of the year, I'm going to get 10,000, you know, struggling, trying to get like 700 people for the end of the year. But then this mm. is, you know, for the next mm. few months. And it happened in a week. There was just so, so many emotions. And it was just hard because you weren't allowed to really process the the death and murder, public murder of somebody you know, because people wanted your stuff and there were some rude people who were like, you know, everybody has something going on and, you know, when is my stuff coming? Da 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 Like I did this for Black Lives Matter. I want a refund. It's taking too long. Like it, it wasn't as, ba- it wasn't horrible. It could have been a lot worse, but I mean, I, I got a lot, I got a lot of orders. I mean, I, I, my income tripled that last year, but now it's back to what it was. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> It's slow and steady. I still get orders all the time, but it's not, it's definitely not what it was last year. Um, I mean, I took advantage because it was COVID, you know, like Mm. I didn't know. What I'm, all my shows were canceled. I mean, I do have a game plan, I, I'm still online, thankfully. You know, I have a website, so I don't, I don't, I wasn't super stressed when all that happened, but it was still like, okay, what's, what is my year gonna look like just in general? Because it's gonna be very different. So I, I was just thinking about that, you know, like, all right, I still have expenses, I still have grants, I still have bills to pay. Yeah. So how yeah, do you maintain
0: I, I, visibility? Because, you know, I mean, I think it was expected that it would be like flash in the pan, right? Uh,
1: yeah, it was. It was definitely a flash in the pan. I mean, and uh, all these different companies reached out and I just... I emailed one to follow up about like a grant opportunity that I didn't get. That was a whole other thing. They were like, you scored the highest. I was like, but I didn't win. So why are you even telling me this? <laughs> um, just give me the money. And um, I emailed them and I haven't heard anything. It's been crickets. Oh, it's wow. been crickets. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, everybody say, oh, we're going to keep on going with this. And it's just, there's no momentum. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, I just go back to like creating good work and, um, and and, uh, doing, getting writing opportunities, and uh, just making making my work. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I can't do anything else because it's 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 very flavor of the month, and uh, I I don't want to be bitter Betty about it. I'm already very cynical, so I don't, <laughs> I don't need anybody else to add on to my cynicism. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, it, yeah, I just, I just have to keep yeah. it going and, and try to make my own opportunities.
0: We've seen your jewelry on uh, some really high profile names. Does that translate to sales or what, what happens oh. when uh, Eva DuVernay wears your jewelry, for example?
1: Oh, nothing. Nothing happens. No, uh, don't say no, that. <laughs> nothing happens um yeah it's weird it's a weird that's that whole celebrity culture celebrities as models thing is really strange (laughs) um it doesn't equate you might get a night maybe nice photo the person might give it to their cousin you know Mm -hmm. like they Mm -hmm. might not ever wear your stuff unless you know the person personally right uh it gets weird it gets weird with stylists um, sometimes stylists just take your stuff and give it to people and without mm. your permission, well. and, you, and and the agreement is. You, 99% of the time, the agreement is, I want my stuff back. Like, you know, you loan it out to get it back. So uh, I've had some, yeah, it, it It depends on who it is. I mean, I, I love my work on everyone. I love it on uh, just regular folks the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say regular folks, but non-celebrities just have a deeper, a greater appreciation for the work, you know, because- right. You're a celebrity, you're getting things handed to you left and right, and you're not paying for it. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, every now and then it's sentimental, but it's just another another thing, especially from a Black maker, even if it's a Black person wearing it. Um, yeah, if the stylist sure. isn't Black, it's not really that important. It's just, it, there's so many things to it, but I appreciate, I will say, I mean, I appreciate it. I work with um, a very small number of stylists that I trust. Um, and I will, I'll give them my work, you know, mm-hmm, they don't mm-hmm. have to give it back. Cause I trust, I love who they put it on. Mm-hmm. They're not going to put it on like, like a Candace Owens, you know, just because the person's <laughs> black doesn't mean that they align with my values. Like right. I get really, I get really, I'm, I'm definitely not that jeweler who just throws stuff on anyone. I will ask, I'll ask celebrities. I, I'm sorry. I'll ask magazines when they ask for polls, like, who is this going to be on? But, But, you know, know, your
0: typical customers, who are they? Where do they come from?
1: Uh, You know, where are they located? Oh, goodness. They're all they're really all over. I get uh, back in the day when I really when I first started, my customer was older, Mm. uh, like like 70 and up. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, 70 and up cuz they got it. Like I didn't have to hyper explain. Right. stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like people they are like what's appreciate this the work, yeah. Yeah, like ooh, the left and the right looks different. Like I wouldn't have to tell them why right. it doesn't have to be a perfect match. Yeah. Um and they got that gold. A lot of people still really like a pale like 10 karat or 14 karat gold plating. Um they got that really bold uh 22 karat gold. So, yeah, I didn't have to over explain. Um, so with Instagram and the internet and all that, uh, I got a a little bit of a younger demographic now, so 60 and under, but they're really, they're really all over, um, every color, race, size, mm-hmm. the beauty of jewelry too. You, you, yeah. You can be inclu- as inclusive as you, as you want to be. Um, mm-hmm. and I really try to do that with like my sizing, like rings and whatnot and bracelets, everything's kind of adjustable. Um, but mostly women or people identifying as women or femmes. Um, yeah, honestly, really. I mean, I do the best in San Francisco for some reason. Mm. I don't know why, okay. um, but I do the best in San Francisco and I have a lot of shops in the South and um, they get that gold, that gold color. Yeah, um, And I do well at the, the I'm in two Smithsonian museums, um, The COVID kind of weird now. Right. But um, so I, they haven't ordered anything since last year. Uh. But I used to get I used to get um, a lot of orders and I was in their catalog, which was really cool. That yeah, was a, a it's the cake.
0: footfall, then, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Just it, my work is also it can be as funky as you want it to be. You can wear the big stuff, which I love to make uh, or you can wear little tiny studs. And that's also what I really like to 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 make as well. You know, I would really try to get. Try to grasp, try to, you know, get everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Hope
1: that but answered. what do you
0: want me to experience when I hold a, a piece made by you?
1: Um, I want you to experience... Um, really jewelry making at its best. I want you to um, hold on to that piece for a very long time. I want you to feel really good about what you're wearing um, and know that you're um, wearing art, you know, that you're wearing something that, that if, if it was big enough, you could put on your wall, you know, you could frame it, mm. uh, but you mm. could also wear it and not feel um, like it's something priceless. I definitely don't want that, I want. I've always want my work to be accessible, um, access, mm-hmm. accessible and good, good, good quality. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I want. I want somebody to just feel good. And I get messages all the time about how people feel with the work on, and it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. I make it, I make it for myself. I'm really selfish. I really do make <laughs> it for
0: myself. Hey, I mean, if you like it, there must be others out there who like it, right? I think it's yeah. great logic to go on.
1: Yeah. No, you're right.
0: Yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask if you have any big um articulations of your work because it truly is sculpture what you're doing.
1: Um, no, but well, uh, maybe a, a, over a decade ago, I was making these really fun half circle necklaces um out of wire and they just stack one on top of the other. And I have one that I oh my goodness, I wear it all the time. It's long, but I'm kind of chesty, so I don't really wear it. That many long mm-hmm. necklaces, mm-hmm. but I put, it's on my wall right now. I have been planning. My friends know this already. That I've been talking nonstop about doing um, uh, wall hangings because that's mm-hmm. the next, or just yeah. just wall things on the wall.
0: But um, you know, speaking of uh, next steps, I mean, what's your big vision for your brand?
1: Oh, wow. First to move up and out of this little place and get a bigger space that I Mm -hmm. uh, am that is not part of this apartment, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but still part of the apartment. So that's been in the talks. I got to get it together. That's just me getting. Well, no, it's not just me. It's been a long time coming. I just Mm -hmm. got to find somebody who can grant. Honor a mortgage for a self-employed person. Going back to stone cutting, I do lapidary. I would love to incorporate more hand-cut stones in my pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, more one-of-a-kind work. Um, finally, launched my tiny fine jewelry line. Very tiny. I'm still debating on using, especially now this the big cut well not big big to me. Um mm-hmm. uproar over that particular Tiffany yellow diamond that was mined <laughs> in South Africa.
0: Yay. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a big thing about that and I'm all for it like yeah I'm I'm all for the people like <laughs> send it back you know and they're, they're yeah they're like deleting those comments you know like it was stolen <laughs> So Facts. Um, I love, I love, it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I'm, I'm debating on just even using diamonds in general. You know, j- diamonds, period, or you know, like it
0: can it, be made it, in a lab.
1: It can't. You're right. They can't be lab made. Use mo- moissanite, or um, there, there's a diamond mine in Arkansas. You know, ch- oh
0: that American. I didn't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can. That's the only mine, diamond mine in the United States that you can. Go and I mean, I don't know if you want to go to Arkansas now because of everything happening, but um <laughs> but you can you can mine your own diamonds if obviously you gotta find them. But mm-hmm. uh people find them. Wow. So um trying to find maybe more American you know, like knowing where the source is. Mm-hmm. Uh gold, gold it, Well, I use recycled gold, but, you know, there's just so many. Jewelry is not a clean industry.
0: Sure. Uh, Yeah. I was actually coming to issues of sustainability and, you know, social justice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's just so many. It's just so many layers. It's so, you know, Mm. and I don't I really I can't as a black person. I can't stand. I can't get by. It it just no. (laughs) So I've, I've been I've been thinking about all of that but you're right yeah there's lab created too yeah I was going to do moist tonight which is this it's the same and it's mm-hmm. just as hard it doesn't have that brightness but you know we always want to remember diamonds were marketed yeah. as you know something uh that I mean they're beautiful but there are other beautiful stones yeah, so, exactly yeah yeah so that's that's the next that's definitely the next thing um and then try to do more home good things um like uh more have, like little containers do large, maybe a little bit larger containers more ancestral like ans- um, uh, um ceremonial things okay. or altars yeah. Yeah. the altar altar pieces um, just little thing like handle holders mm. um p- p- photo holders but not picture frames but like photo right. holder holder, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. a whole bunch of just random sized photos for your altar. Things like that. There's a lot in my mind. I just yeah, need to yeah. um, transfer it over to getting it done and then having people purchase. But you know, I have such a I have an amazing group of people who, who uh support and follow and really like my work. So I'm really very fortunate about that. I have a really great uh client base. Mm um mm. new, and it's new repeat and clients yeah it's repeat clients mm. it is yeah mm. new and old just really 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 gr- like I just get such amazing messages and it's really nice and yeah so I, I love how supportive they are and then I have a different The mo- oh yeah I told you the morning jewelry the morning
0: yeah memory. yeah
1: I have a whole line of um vessels for that so I made new things for people who don't have ashes they might have like hair or Mm -hmm. um uh pieces of clothing from their loved one I'll felt it and then I'll put it in a little vessel that they can wear um around their neck so there's a lot yeah yeah there's a lot
0: So as usual, during this part of the conversation on Shades and Layers, we get to know the guest on an intimate level. We take a walk down memory lane. And in this case, there was a hilarious, awkward moment on my part. And you'll have to stick around for that. Um, And before we got into the childhood memories, we spoke a little bit about issues of sustainability and slow design, which is probably something of concern to a lot of people at the moment, given the climate crisis that we're facing. And of course, the climate crisis was recently in the headlines during the UN-sponsored summit COP26 in Glasgow. Bringing the discussion closer to everyday life and the choices that we make, here's Alicia. Do you feel under pressure to be a so-called sustainable entity, particularly because of your skin color?
1: Really, I feel like I kind of get a pass, like, you know, like, how dare you ask me that when I have so many other things to, you know, mm-hmm. so not you, mm-hmm. not you, in, not you particular, but, um, <laughs> sure, you know, sure somebody is because people will ask me that, or when I teach, you know, people will say, oh, this is, is how can I make sustainable jewelry? And I just laugh, like, there's nothing in jewelry that's sustainable unless you go and mine the gold in some random place where it's not, seven billion feet below the, you know, like mm-hmm. digging it yeah, up, yeah, is, yeah. digging it up is caustic, burning it, like melting it, smelting it is caustic. Um, even recycling it is caustic. So I, there's so many, you know, like environmentally, mm-hmm. it's not sure, really absolutely. ethical, um, unless you're really taking things apart. That's not for everybody. There are people who really do it well, but it's not profitable. You're not going to make, and I, I want somebody to, Prove me wrong. All these big companies that say they're doing it ethically, they're not. They're not. There's no way. Even if you get it, you know, from if you get the goal from someone, it's still polluting the air somehow. So,
0: yeah, I grew not, up in Soweto, so I know. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. It's just such a nasty, I guess, like line of production, you know, or to go back and see how it starts and Mm -hmm. also who doesn't get paid and who doesn't get the benefits and who doesn't, you know, who really benefits from it. I I, mean, it's a delicate
0: balance, right? Because you can mm -hmm. say that about a lot of industries and a lot of things Mm -hmm. that we consume. So, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you strike that balance? It's an ongoing question for me and, you know, I'm posing it to you. Uh, not only because you're making jewelry, but, you know, just as somebody who buys things and, you know, balancing this whole thing of, you know, consumption, sustainability and, you know, it, you know, who had to be exploited for me to be able to afford this. So these are all questions, of course, I have for myself. So I'll pose the question to you and leave it open for you to take as uh, as it comes to you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, man, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if I could, I would, if I could, I would just go and go to the mind, like try to go to mines here and mine stuff myself. But, mm. you know, I'm only one person. Um, uh, and with my luck, like the mind would collapse the day I go in or something. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, I do, I do ask a lot of questions with, stones that I've gotten now or in the past for customers I'll get it from I only go to like one particular person um and he gets them from Brazil like he gets them direct from the source from Brazil and Mm -hmm. I just actually and I like that person you know so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um it also because he's not scrupulous so I've been thinking about it a lot just with just with everything because I mean, stones and the mining and the gemstone, that whole, I mean, uh, just everything is just, we don't know how bad it is. Just like with, you know, uh, we don't see it. We just don't, we just don't see it.
0: We I mean, cell it. phones.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Computers, whatever. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that,
1: yeah. you know, we there have. There's a lot. There is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But uh, let's get to the story of you and your background. Top three memories from childhood.
1: Oh. Um, man oh top 3 oh this is going to be this is going to be creepy um <laughs> first one is probably my first memory which would be kissing my grandmother on her cheek and her casket. So that's oh. number one. I know. Um, Why is that was,
0: a happy memory?
1: I don't know. Oh, you said top three. You didn't yeah. say happy. No,
0: that's, okay, sorry. That's true. That is very true. Okay. Be specific. It doesn't have to be happy, actually. Let's go
1: there. Yep. Oh, no. It's going to be a, 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 a counseling session. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And then I was bullied. No, no. Um, No, it was just interesting that that was... Uh, I, I don't know, bringing kids to funerals. And I don't know if that that connection really stood with me because I really do love like uh, death things mm-hmm. and we're so separated from that yep. in the modern day where it wasn't that long ago that people were having funerals in their homes mm-hmm. like really it was a hundred years ago yeah okay. so um and how different the industry is and how detached but how much money we put into it and how much of a scam it is now yep. so um that's been interesting um chop three child i don't i don't really like being a kid so, let me think of what else. Um, I don't... Oh, goodness. I guess making making things. I mm. always really like making things. Going to Maxwell Street, which was a, um, a flea market, a huge flea market in Chicago with my dad. We would go almost every Sunday and just get junk, as my mother said, and I think that... <laughs> was the catalyst for like collecting mm-hmm. and just uh, mm-hmm. finding really cool things and reworking things and having an appreciation for old older things and bargaining Even though I really don't when I'm in other countries I don't bargain mm-hmm. especially yeah. especially on the content like I just I, I have no A, I have no energy for it <laughs> I know it sometimes <laughs> it's cultural and I'm like just give, give me the price here I don't I don't <laughs> I don't feel like making a deal just yeah. here, you yeah. know, I, whatever it is, I can afford it. So, um, but it, the bargaining um, aspect and just making relationships with people and um, finding that thing and getting that particular high um, was really cool. And i definitely like, closest friends I have we share that you know we go to estate sales now or we'll go to antique malls and antique markets and just mm-hmm. get that 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 high of things um so that was a that was a really cool um really cool memory that with my dad um and um I guess traveling oh yeah I guess yeah either going to um my mom's from Alabama so we would go to Alabama a lot um to, to which um when she would have to take care of her dad cuz he didn't want to move to chicago and uh went to mexico with my aunt and uncle and mm-hmm. when i was a kid and went to spain with my spanish group uh when i was uh, 11 mm-hmm. so traveling i think that definitely set you know something uh, off and like well, i was eager e- very eager to explore and kind of get away um and mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. st- that still that still rings true mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. Why didn't you like being a kid?
1: I just wanted to, I was born 30. I don't know if, if. Get, if you understand like
0: oh i do my son hates a yeah. kid and yeah. he's a budding over artist
1: <laughs> so yeah over <laughs> it over you can't do what you want you can't yeah. drive you can't you don't have any money and i've worked i, I worked from i think 14 i was where i've been working mm. just because I, I want my i want my own money i <laughs> want to do what i want to do and i told my mom knows this. i'm like you should just let me do what i wanted to do she's like you were doing it anyway <laughs> so you know, I just wanted to be, I just want not grown, but I wanted to be an adult, you know? And then when I turned 30, right when I turned 30, I was like, this was the age I've been my entire life. And <laughs> when I, and when I turned 40, I was like, this is like, now I'm feeling next adulthood. Right. It just, it was so, it was so wild. like, I, Like thirty, and my friends Like how does it feel I was like I've been this age Not, I wasn't like Hyper mature But I was I was definitely More mature Than a lot of my friends I mean I did crazy stuff Like I'm not I wasn't stoic I wasn't a stoic Like old Old child Definitely not I did not have any Wise words coming Out of my mouth Mm. But um, I was I was Very much over childhood
0: Yeah I mean There are just some people Who feel That they should be In charge of their lives And fair enough mm -hmm. It's (laughs) just Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. Sorry. No, it doesn't. It It
1: it. Mm
0: -mm. (laughs) doesn't. Yeah. So, the name of your company. What inspired that?
1: Um, it means lingua nigra is Latin. Uh, it means black tongue. Uh, the actual name for the long medical name is lingua velosa nigra, um, and it means hairy black tongue. And mm-hmm. um, I, two thousand three, two thousand four. Oh my goodness! Before I owned a computer, <laughs> um, I was going to the library like every almost everybody else, looking at you know stuff on the computer uh, with an hour's time you know signing in and I had I had time to like look for a new name and I knew I didn't want it to be my name my name isn't it doesn't flow I don't have like a cool name I feel like it's very blocky uh Depends and where I'll, you're from, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, eh. But also I couldn't do it anyway um, because mm-hmm. I worked in the industry yep. and, you know, it, that would just be a quote-unquote conflict of interest sure. even though it really wasn't. So, you know, you got to get clever and I picked up a book, I was like looking and I thought I wanted something like hardware or something like that um, and then I was reading this really cool book that I got from the library and um, it was on rare medical conditions. It was really well written you know, mm-hmm. just talked about all these really weird conditions and that was, it was Lingua niger, And I was like, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. It looks really cool. It's very beautiful. It sounds beautiful. And you wouldn't think that it's this gross condition. Um, so it kind <laughs> of, it kind of went into things that aren't what they seem and what I really love about my work and, the work that I, all the other, the jewelry that I love to, to see and love to wear, it isn't what it seems. Oh, I didn't know that was hair, you know, from the morning Mm -hmm. jewelry. Um, or I didn't know that wasn't wood, or I didn't know those were teeth. So, um, it, it really fit in really well, uh, mm-hmm. and I tell people that all the time, you know, think about really be cognizant. I got a lot of people who didn't like it. They were racist, didn't matter. You know, like somebody was like, oh, you can keep the first name, but the the second. I was like, oh, you don't like saying Nigra. Okay. <laughs> okay. It makes you uncomfortable. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> Um, so uh, but you know, I'm happy I stuck with it and didn't listen to a lot of people's suggestions. Um, it just flows so well and mm. it gives that like, it's I don't catchy. Know.
0: You have yeah. to ask, okay, what's that?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: what would your memoir be called if you had to oh, write okay. it now and why?
1: Oh, goodness. Oh, hardly finished, or um, I'm, I'm gonna cry because I say that all the time when I'm working. <laughs> Um yeah, either Hardly Finish or I'm Gonna Cry a memoir. Mm. Or fake busy. That's another <laughs> fake. That's another that's another fun. People are like, what's fake busy? I'm like, are you serious? Nobody's ever said that. And then I watched a documentary yesterday or a, a, a sewing competition yesterday. Um and one of the designers said fake busy. And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> it is, it is fake busy. <laughs> fake busy. Sure. I don't even know I'm I I say it so much when people ask I'm like so, yeah. <laughs> Maybe fake fake busy. Yeah. So,
0: I think that's it for me. Um okay. is there anything else that you want to mention particularly about your business um that we haven't talked about?
1: Um no, I think that's I think that's it. You asked a lot of really good questions. So, um yeah, no. You can No, oh, good. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> cool so where can people find you and uh, where can they enjoy or buy your work
1: people can find me all over the internets uh at lingua nigra.com l-i-n-g-u-a-n-i-g-r-a um you can find me on etsy same name you can find me on instagram under lingua nigra i live there um say hi uh you can find me everywhere if you are in the U.S. I am in a few shops in San Francisco uh, I'm, I am in the Smithsonian Museum of African American History and Culture I'm also um, my work is also at the Smithsonian's Hirshhorn Museum mm-hmm. a little bit different um mm-hmm. they have a they actually have a bigger selection of the bigger things which is really and their museum shop is very cool love it a lot yeah the Fantastic, san francisco yeah. moma yeah there mm-hmm. there's a lot of museum shops so you can check out my work um mm-hmm. in a lot of places mm-hmm.
0: and that's it from me this time around thanks to alicia for sharing her story and thanks to you for listening if you have any feedback on the episode you can shoot over an email to hello at shades or just say hello on instagram or facebook via the handle at shades and layers podcast one word I'm Gudluonis Cosana Ritchie, and until next time, please do take good care.